Kink 101 is proud to present Deviant Discussions, where kinksters come together and put the Y in kink, with Diavol Diablo, Subtle Shadow, and Glass Girl. This is Deviant Discussions. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> So, hi, everybody. Let's try again. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Oh, dearie me. All right. So, I've got a wonderful topic for us this week. It's going to be super good fun. I'm sure of it. I want to talk about diseases. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's like a, a fairly important thing with people who m might be sexually active um, to discuss those kinds of things that, you know, STIs and STDs are pretty prevalent um around the world some more than others and so i just really wanted to catch up with you guys about what sort of education you've had um like be that when you were younger at school or as you get older like how easy is it to come across the information to keep yourself safe and then what kind of safe practices you can put into action <laughs> literally um i know that we've got some std guides on the website We've got a few more that are scheduled to go live uh, once the infographics have been put together. So I like to think that we're trying our best to spread that little bit of information. But I wondered how easy is it for you guys, um, you know, spread out across the world compared to in the UK for me? Hmm. Education wise, there was very little. Um, I think when I was in school, um, it was at the, you know, around the AIDS epidemic. So that was really the focus um, of any kind of like STI, STD information that we got. It was very AIDS focused. Um, I think things like syphilis and gonorrhea, like the, kind of like the, those ones I heard about, but everything else I had no clue, none. And do you yeah. think that it was like kind of scaremongering that they went with the biggest ones that were around at the time rather than making you aware of, you know, the myriad Absolutely. of infections. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, and the education at the time was very much abstinence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Reminds yeah. me of Mean Girls, like you will have yeah. sex and die. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, and then, and, and, um, like the, some, I mean, condoms for pregnancy, per, like prevention, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like to my not like to my memory um is that it wasn't like condoms to like prevent stis stds it was literally prevent pregnancy but really abstinence was the best way yeah and if you weren't you know um gay then you know AIDS wasn't as much of a concern it, it was very convoluted yeah um and a lot of misinformation too that back then about like being able to get it through touch and all that kind of thing yeah, I actually went to get an STD screening um, this past week, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago, and they didn't do HIV, <laughs> right? <laughs> which was like insane to me. And um, I think maybe the lab could have screwed up or whatever, but there's also just how far we've come in terms of um, helping, how far we've come in terms of addressing HIV and AIDS, um, 
But even looking back, I like, cause I guess it's just been on my mind lately and looking back, like a lot of that education was deeply homophobic. Oh yeah. Like, um, and it was like, oh, you're not gay. Well, then you don't have anything to worry about. At least in like the South, it was very, you know, there's the undercurrent of a lot of places believing that, you know, they kind of, they quote unquote, kind of brought it upon themselves, you know, with their heathen ways, um, which is just really sad. And I think the overarching, you know, we talk, I don't know if we've really touched much on COVID-19, but like a good example of kind of this mindset is like when I was talking to my dad about my fear of there being another pandemic in the future, he was like, well, this was the first one ever. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, really, it wasn't. It really wasn't. <laughs> it was like a little Seriously, incident called the Spanish like, flu or the bubonic yeah, plague, you know, or AIDS. <laughs> I mean, pick it, up a history yeah. book, maybe it's just a matter of, it's just interesting how our filters how we filter out people that we don't identify with. You know what I mean? Anyway. Well, and I think, you know, but, the stigma too, um, mm-hmm. they, they don't talk about how common they are. Um, they really don't. And, and that's very unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, mean we, yeah. some of the statistics are just absolutely bonkers. Like, mm-hmm. and, and how, how many people are affected, but also how many people without a sexual history can be affected. So you've got like oh, yeah. bacterial vaginosis, like nearly 20% of those cases in women are non-sexually active women. And mm-hmm. you get this stigma attached because, oh, you must have sex with like you know dirty manky people or whatever but yeah that's not the case you know you can pick up anything from anywhere pretty much and yep the fact that like I mean there were some things that I didn't necessarily know I knew of the name and I knew roughly what the symptoms were to look out for and things like that but when you actually start digging down into the statistics of like genital herpes, 70% have no symptoms like how can you have 70% of cases with no symptoms like how does yeah. anyone ever know who is a carrier and things oh. like that yeah hpv is another one that is completely just this black box to doctors you know mm-hmm. there's like so many ways that it can <clears throat> you can have it without symptoms so i had hpv um it's possible that i still have it that's the fun thing about hpv uh <laughs> being um so like it you can either be asymptomatic or you can be symptomatic. And then within those symptoms, you could have warts or you could not. Uh, you could have all of these different kind of um, uh, symptoms that that might not even in unless the doctor knew to look for it, be even diagnosed as HPV. Um, and it's interesting that we talk about, you know, no one has a problem like saying to her friend, Hey, I got my physical back the other day. And, you know, they're like, Oh, well, how'd it go? He's like, oh, I'm pretty good. You know, I'm low on vitamin D or like I have high cholesterol. You know, no one's like, Hey man, I got my STD panel back the other day. <laughs> and why that is, is just so unfortunate. You know, like it needs to be on the level. It's a health, it's a physical health aspect of a person. And that's all. You know, I mean, it should not be a morality barometer. It should not be the the whole concept of dirty versus clean. Mm-hmm. The amount of dating profiles that I see where a guy or a girl or non-binary even will put clean 
Yeah. Just makes me cringe yeah, because horrible language. Yeah. If that's the case, then that means I'm dirty, I guess. And what that, what the implications of what comes with that is, I mean, I've been shamed for having HPV when I was 20 years old and not having a positive pap since then, or like, you know, like not having an abnormal pap smear ever since then. And they're still like, Oh no, I don't know. That's really gross. It's like, really? Throw <laughs> the fuck up, man. <laughs> and then you've got people out there but, with like third nipples that get offended if you're grossed out by that. Like Chandler and friends. <laughs> right. Like sometimes I think the, the opportunity to shame someone, it, you know, a lot of the time it's beyond their control. Like you, you might have someone yeah. on a dating profile that says clean, but you don't know that. I mean, I remember, I, I don't, I yeah. don't properly remember, but vaguely there was like a woman who was sleeping with people on purpose to give them HIV and AIDS. And she, she went through like, oh God, I don't even know how many people. And they wow. raised like all these court cases against her because she'd willfully infected people. Like she knew she had it and she wanted to spread it. And then on the flip side, you've got like what are called bug chasers, which are people that are aroused by the idea of sleeping with people with an STI or STD. Bug chasers. Bug chasers. Yeah. It's, it's not like a, book chasers. Yeah. Bug like an insect. I thought you said book chaser. No, I'm I'm a book chaser. Um, I was about to say I am too. <laughs> but like, it's something that's very very rarely brought up, and I wonder if that's because you know it it would be very difficult for a lot of people to understand a, a fetish mm -hmm. like that. But mm -hmm. I do have to wonder because I think it might have been you, Shadow, that mentioned someone that was like into the idea of COVID. And oh yeah, I saw a few of those on FET, like a few groups. Uh, events that were for those types of people, uh, for those types of kinksters who are looking for the risk associated with getting COVID. Like I'm going to go to this play party and part of the sexual arousement for me is that I might get coronavirus. And that I find it fascinating. And I mean, it's terrifying, but fascinating at the same time that people have that, but mm -hmm. it's not one that's really broadly discussed. And I, I understand why to some degree, but at the same time, if people are normalizing a global pandemic that's around at the moment, I have to wonder how many of those like bug chasers are out there. Yeah. And whether or not COVID and chasing COVID is going to normalize that and put people at risk because, mm. you know, there's all this safe sex practice and, and education and they give out the free condoms and things like that. And I know in the UK that's taken more of a lean toward prevention of STIs and STDs rather than pregnancy nowadays. Um, but I have to wonder what kind of strain it will put on healthcare providers if normalizing this kind of risk around getting a disease or infection. Like it just, it kind of, it makes me wonder about the future what ifs, like the possibilities yeah. and the consequences of that kind of desensitization, I guess. I don't really see any downside to normalizing um, the spread and under. Well, okay, I don't not normalizing the spread, but normalizing STDs, STIs in general. I don't see a downside because if they're normalized, then people talk openly about them. People learn about them. 
people understand deeply, like have a deeper understanding of how they're spread. A good example is uh, I know what foods are high in cholesterol. <laughs> I do not know. Uh, there are probably, I could probably list, I think the only STDs that I know how they're spread off the top of my head, AIDS and HPV. <laughs> like really? actually that I know a comprehensive understanding of how those are spread. Yeah. And only HPV because I got it and only AIDS because that's all they taught in sex ed when I was, you know, going through that. How fascinating. Do they have and, um, Gardasil, the vaccine for HPV yeah, in the States? they do. They have that in uh -huh. the UK too, Didi? I have no I idea. I think it's, I don't think it's allowed in the UK. I don't mm. think they've approved it. <laughs> Probably not. We, we like to take it slow. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, that's on my list to get it. And, and it takes care of, I talked to my doctor about it last week when I was in there. Uh, it takes care of, I think nine strains right now, but there are hundreds, <laughs> but this is, it, it, these are like, I think it covers the nine that are like the most likely to result in cervical cancer. Or yeah. like how they're tied. So, yeah. And to listeners who don't know, HPV can lead to cervical cancer. Yes, it can. So be careful, Apparently, kids. Apparently, like eight, around 80% of invasive cervical cancers are attributed to HPV. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like so, a very scary number. Yes. So if you are a vulva owner, um, it's important to get your paps done, your pap smears done regularly so you can be checked and make that a part of like your sexual health. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, I, I feel like if, we, if it's normalized, people talk about it. Um, it's yeah. hard. Maybe I'm naive, but What's it like as I'm over that side for like the, as you call them paps, we just call them smears. Um, okay. But <laughs> like how, I suppose, willing are people to go and get them? Like over here, it's still mm. kind of, there's a lot of reluctance. Um, so you get, the letters sent through by your doctor and say, Hey, it's time for your smear test book in with us. And then they'll send you like three chases about it. And then they'll start ringing you about it. Smear test is just so off putting. <laughs> yeah. The smear. Even pap smear as a, as a general, I, I don't know. I think the whole process clearly was invented by males, but. <laughs> or sadists. <laughs> yes. Either one. Well, sadists that were into humiliation and stuff. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I think it can be uncomfortable if mm -hmm. you have a history of trauma, um, yeah. especially sexual trauma. Um, in some instances, it can be painful. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's a lack of trauma-informed doctors who can handle, yeah. like they just see it as like, okay, lay down, throw your legs in the stirrups and bip, bop, boop, we're done, right? Yeah. Whereas for someone who's been through something, um, or who finds it painful or finds it embarrassing or whatever emotions it brings up for you. It's not bit, bop, boop, you're done. You know, it's, yeah. um, there's a lack of sensitivity. Um, and I think yeah. people, because of that, uh, avoid going. I think so too. Um, I actually, it's interesting. You said that about trauma informed. This was the first, I've probably been to five or six gynecologists. And this was the first one who was like, have you had any past experiences where this might, you know, be triggering for you? Um, 
And she was very like, she was very compassionate in her approach. And mm -hmm. I'd never seen that before. It's um, rare. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently I have a long cervix, which I did not know. Oh, <laughs> I, I she do. She was like, <laughs> she was like, this thing is, you know, whatever this, the horrifying metal clamp thing is called. Speculum. It expands. Oh God. It's even Speculum. a terrible word. Yeah. <laughs> we call it a um, dog bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, that's exactly it what looks it like is. It's a duck bill that yeah. can be like pried open. Anyway, um, she was like, "Oh, this one's too short," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> so, <laughs> learn something new about my body. My body is so resistant to these types of exams that, mm. because of what I've been through, that yeah. my if you can believe it, my cervix retracts. <laughs> like she's literally chasing it. Like, please oh. no, leave me alone. Yes, oh, that's, that's kind of endearing. Back in my body. <laughs> wow, yeah. I didn't know that was. I didn't realize that was physically possible. I suppose it's muscular, and it's not, isn't it? It's literally, it's literally not like she's like you yeah. need to relax. I'm, like, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. Um, yeah, because that's hard. It's not like I'm thinking in my brain. Okay, cervix. <laughs> Right. Retract. Retract. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> go, um, go, 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 catch it. Glass of bionic cervix. So, yeah. So, unfortunately, it makes those types of exams even more difficult because yeah. they're longer. And painful. Because, mm -hmm. Yes. Because she's literally chasing it. Yeah. Ugh. That's <laughs> such a graphic Dee -dee. image. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can just imagine, you know, like how they deliver baby cows, like this doctor with like an <laughs> arm up glasses, vagina. Oh dear. That's going to carry me through the day. Oh, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> thought maybe if our listeners could relate, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'm not the only one whose cervix runs away, but yeah, I would be very interested yeah, to know yeah. if there are more people with uh sprinting. Have you cervix. ever done those? Um, what is the what are they called? Fuck. The exercises for your, is it the pelvic floor? Oh, Kegels and that kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Have yes. you ever tried that during the, I'm just curious. I'm not trying to like offer solutions or anything. Yeah. Like, Doesn't yeah, that no, like do tighten you up even more though? It does. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought that like, so. It's different than bearing those, down. Right. Bearing There's a, um, wow. <laughs> learning how to use like my vaginal muscles right was actually something i had to go to like vagina physical therapy after i got my hpv it actually is pretty funny is i didn't real realize thing? it is like, oh my god that's i've been too she would stick her hand in my pussy essentially and would be like you know bear down or you know tense up relax and it was like this coach she was like yeah. good job like you really got it that time <laughs> just sitting there like oh my god this is so it's so bizarre but like it became almost you know I, I was going to a physical therapy clinic like anyone would go to get like a knee looked at or whatever we'd just go to the back room take my pants off and she'd stick her hand up there <laughs> yeah but like never heard of that in my life yeah because when I got the biopsy for the HPV it like traumatized the tissue around that and I couldn't have sex without it being incredibly painful because mm. my it was kind of similar to what glasses cervix does like my um those muscles were like like we don't know we can't handle this 
anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, been, was, yeah, it's called pelvic health therapy, GD. Yeah. It also is really good for um, helping women who have, um, sorry, helping people who have like vulvas who have just given birth mm-hmm. or um, also uh, incontinence issues if you have bladder problems. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it in relation to that for sure. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. especially, you know, pre menopause or during the menopause and, and stuff like that. I, but I've never. I've never really thought about what actually happens in those sessions. I think I kind of yeah. just was blissfully ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know with the but star I, and rainbow, but yeah. See, but now I'm curious, like who the hell wakes up and thinks I want to be the person that trains someone's vagina? Like that's got to be the kinkiest job in the world. <laughs> like seriously Maybe. though. Yeah. I mean, you, you I don't know. It. It's you the same like, person who wants to study the vagina, like open up the cervix well, and I have a look. <laughs> I think it's also like, you know, it's a, a person, perhaps not speaking us, I'm not a pelvic health therapist that wants women to be able to enjoy their sex, sex yeah, lives. Sure. You know, the same type of woman that wakes up and thinks I'm going to make a whole website dedicated to kink and BDSM. <laughs> well, yeah. But and I, I mean, I'm not sticking my hand up people's vaginas this week. So and I'm, yet, yet. I mean, I've tried it, but. Um, I genuinely though, I think we've just found like the kinkiest role in the world, training vaginas, like bear down or relax or what can you imagine? Oh my God, there must be men everywhere that are so jealous of those people. <laughs> Not just men either, but men don't understand Maybe, vaginas quite the same. It's interesting, you know, even in like a, um, in medical settings, I've never, I've never been turned on by any of it. I had two women caressing my breasts in the... <laughs> in the doctor's office the other day and I was just sitting there like this this feels like a porno right now but like I wasn't I wasn't turned on and I found that really interesting because in any other circumstance what doctor do you go to I know (laughs) I have the best doctors it's so they're at they're outside of like Harvard so like the it the reason there were two was there was the doctor and then there's the pre-med student or whatever the med student who's kind of shadowing and doing her hours or whatever and was it a breast exam or like yeah it was a breast exam just just an extra bonus to the appointment no i just was like created a whole visual yeah you know there's a ron jeremy in the corner and he was like all right cue the music and i was like i have this pain on my tit can you guys take a look can you girls oh my goodness and they were like yes we'll examine you I feel like we run the rest of this becoming like fap material for our listeners right now. No, I was getting (laughs) What was the topic? I can't remember. Vagina doctors. So (laughs) off topic. STDs, STIs. Right. Okay. STDs, STIs. Yeah. So um, going back to Didi's original question, I actually, uh, my education was abstinence only as well. Um, My favorite memory now was that I was told I could get pregnant if me and a guy were like dry humping and he came because his sperm could swim through the fabric of both of our underwear and into me and inseminate me that way. I wish that was true. Holy shit. Like my life would be so much easier if I didn't actually have to have sex. All it takes is because all of that lube inside me would be, you know, the slut that I am, I deserve it, you know. 
Wow. It was a very shaming approach, you know, like, I mean, I, well, it's, it's sex ed in Alabama. I don't know what you people expect. I have to wonder though, like how, how much would it be? I don't know if it would be scandalous or if it would be like validating in some way, like if it came out that these people were actually like, you know, like if you were scrolling through FET and you were like, holy shit, that's my old sex ed teacher that told me oh not to God. have sex because it would shame, like it would bring shame upon my family. I wonder. I, I don't even yeah. remember who my sex ed teacher was. See, I don't really remember very much of sex ed. I remember the old putting a condom on a banana. I didn't um, do that. We didn't learn how to put on condoms. Really? Yeah, maybe the guys did. The girls were very much separated from anything penis related. Yeah. Or I should say, sorry, the the people who are trying to avoid binary language. Yeah, but I I mean, back then it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a factor, would it? So those perceived as women or or those perceived as little girls were put into one classroom and those on the other side. So, yeah, but we I didn't learn how to I. I didn't know how to put on a condom until the first time I had sex. I was like, oh, luckily he did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I had seen it on TV, you know, but I mean, like aside from, you know, like in a joke about the banana, you know, I was like, oh, that's how that works. Okay. See, I remember when I was in primary school, so I was like probably 10 or 11, they started talking to us about like periods and things like that, but they made boys and girls sit there together and listen together because wow the guys Damn. needed to know like at the it's end of the day it's, yeah yeah it is um but yeah so we all sat there all these primary school kids and it went about as well as can be expected that the boys just sat there either completely grossed out or giggling themselves of to death course. yeah and, the girls and they're gonna were, laugh girls were sat there just absolutely freaking horrified that this person was just speaking about their like you know, nether regions. Um, but it was, it it was important. I mean, I was, I was lucky. I had a very, I don't want to say liberal, but a very, um, open minded parent that, you know, she taught me about all that kind of thing very, very early on because she wanted me to understand my body before I got scared of it. Um, and then when I was in high school, they did it again, that it was like a, a boys and girls class together. And they taught us all how to put on a condom because, if you are in a situation with a guy who either doesn't know or is trying to convince you that he's done it correctly, at least you would be safe enough to know mm-hmm. that's not how you put um, the condom on. You know, this is how you need to put it on. And they also, yeah. it, it was kind of awkward because there was one point where <laughs> this person who was delivering the training was like, and it can be a rather sensual experience for both of you if the girls put it on the boys. And I was like, <laughs> I really don't know about that. I mean, just opening the pack and smelling it is enough to kill whatever libido I've got going. Um, but yeah, well, I suppose it was kind of progressive. And it's funny because that was a church school. Yeah. Like, it was oh, a, wow. Yeah, it was a Church of England school. Unitarian, so. uni- oh, Church of England, yeah. I grew up Episcopalian. I don't Kinky know what that ass means. motherfuckers. What is an Episcopalian? Are you serious? We don't have that here. Yes, you do. Okay, we don't call it that here. What, what does it translate to in English? <laughs> Anglican. Oh, okay, okay. Is that Catholic? It's the Church of England, Dee Dee. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. We have Catholics and we have Christians. You just said you went to Church of England. Do right? I strike you as the type of person that was supposed also, to be going to that school? 
also, you just said we have Catholics and Christians. Oh, wait, which one's different? Oh, Roman Catholic and Church of England. There you go. I don't know. Like, I was never supposed to go to that school. They only let me in because of my grades and they wanted the scores. You had to go to, like, Sunday school for, like, 10 years before you were allowed in. And um, Mm. I got in on a technicality. (laughs) But, yeah. What was the topic? um, Don't have sex because you will die. (laughs) I think where we landed, right? (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So, with condoms, though, um, I think it's so important that they're used <laughs> and like i there's so many guys there or penis owners who will insist that they just don't get pleasure from wearing a condom and yeah. that's uh not only irresponsible for your partner if you have especially if you have other partners that you're sexually active with um there are ensure that your condom is the right size. A lot of guys think they have the right size, but it's actually smaller than they would think. No, I mean like the condom, not their dick. Although it's possible. <laughs> I mean, you just offended like the entire that male way. Race. It's a lot smaller than you think, just FYI. <laughs> the condom is they're using too small of a condom if it's like super tight, you know, it's not supposed to be. Um, anyway, it's not a eh, cock ring, basically. Forget it's also, it. It's also important to remember that condoms don't protect from every STI, STD. Very, very yeah. true. And they're not 100% effective either. Like, even if they are protecting against a particular STI, they're not mm-hmm. 100% effective anyway. But what about um, like dams and things like that? I like, was that's... just about to ask, do you guys have you ever used dental dams? Nope. I've never used one. I've, I've like learned how to use one, but never actually got really? around to it. Yeah. I don't know how to use them. And I don't, I, um, I've more power to somebody who uses it, but like, I don't, maybe I'm bad for not even wanting to even consider the possibility of ever using one. I mean, so I went to, I can't remember I don't what know. it was. It was when I moved high, because I was unlucky in one sense. I moved high schools just as they were doing all the sex ed. So I got like a second dose of sex ed. Um, and they did like a session with dental dams and things. And it was like a sheet of, it felt like, um, you know, when you've popped a balloon, it felt like that, like just mm. this weird stuff. And it, it, they had different flavors and so they gave us like they cut it into pieces and let us like chew on it to taste what it was like <laughs> it was so bizarre like it tasted it like cold medicine is the only way i can describe what uh. it tasted like and i was like i'll be honest that is not what i want to taste i don't really want to taste someone's genitals or back then i didn't but i definitely don't want to taste it if it tastes like cold medicine so maybe they've improved it in the past uh, however many years it's been since i was in school Although admittedly, I don't really care for the taste of a penis after it's had a condom on it. Yeah. I don't know what there's like the, yeah. Anyway. Glass, you're being quiet. How are you doing over there? (laughs) Do you like the taste of of penises after a condom? (laughs) Just Um, taking a vote, you know. I'm trying to think if I've tasted a penis after a condom. (laughs) I don't think I have. Really? Put it it on the menu. You must try it. It's a delicacy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it on my t- must try. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you go to a restaurant, I'll have the penis after a condom. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
Oh, Jesus. So, what was what was our like, what are our big heavy point takeaway things we want our audience to know about STDs and STIs in this podcast that talked about them for about five minutes? <laughs> um, I would say they are more prevalent than you'll realize. There are more of them than you realize. They're not always easy to treat. They're not always curable, but they are relatively mm. easy to try and prevent. Um and you have a responsibility to your partners to try and prevent passing them on if you have one and to make them aware if you do have one. And it's, yeah, super important to communicate and also vice versa, mm. you know, make sure you're asking anyone before you sleep with them, Hey, what's your sexual health? What's your sexual history? But don't mm -hmm. shame them like shadows experience. Yeah. If it was something that was 20 years ago and they've been like a clean bill of health, as much as we hate that word, don't shame them just because of something that happened like two decades ago. Yeah. Or if they actually have one now, don't do it either. Yeah. As long as they're <laughs> not the like, one who asked. <laughs> suck it anyway or whatever, then yeah, don't yeah. shame. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah, educate yourself. We've got mm -hmm. great resources on the site, uh, all of which Didi meticulously went through and fact checked. Oh my God. And it was so all hard of that, trying to yeah. add up like different countries cases because so much sexual education out there is just about us statistics and i was like that's not mm. good enough we have worldwide users i want the worldwide statistics which made it US even more scary plenty us is enough that's all you need <laughs> you only need the united states oh really uh-huh we'll take care of everyone don't worry it's cool <laughs> yeah sure you guys will <laughs> With your abstinence training that works out really yes, well. We're so good at everything in case you haven't noticed. And you're super sperm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We do have the super sperm. That's true. America. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. If you'd like to know more about kink and BDSM, or if you have your own adventure to share, please visit kink101.com. That's K-Y-N-K 101.com. Because we put the Y in kink.